If you, that comes short of it actually means to be inferior in power, influence, or mark, or that you fall short of something. And so, so uh, what he's saying here is the fear of the Lord is setting the stage for our approach and the reception of the presence of God. He's saying you cannot enter into the rest which has been prepared for you because it's another day and he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the unbelievers. He's saying, listen, those in the wilderness didn't enter into my rest because they didn't have the fear of the Lord. Because they had the fear of God in a bad way, like, ah, it's God. Not like, like, it's God. So, so they weren't properly aligned with God. Therefore, their obedience was shallow and they could not enter into the rest of the Lord. We talked about this last week and just about what it looks like to, to, um, uh, to, to be obedient. I'm going to cover that in a minute. But it says this. It says in, in Hebrews 4, 6, Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. And so he's saying that, that if you know the fear of the Lord and you have the fear of the Lord, it actually leads to a life of obedience. Because God is not looking for sacrifice. Right. Have you ever seen those people that are like, I'm going to sacrifice to the Lord? And you look at them like, like, like a year or two later, they are worn out. Because they're going around and doing stuff that God never told them to do. And so there's no grace on it. Yeah. When God says, here's what I want you to do, then there, what he does is he adds to it the grace. Because in Timothy, 2 Timothy, I believe, is it 2 Timothy where it says that I will, that I will give you grace for salvation and then to fulfill a holy uh, calling. I believe it's 2 Timothy. Okay, anyway, I think it's 2 Timothy 1.9. Anyway, so, so, so grace will land on that place of obedience. Okay, the writer of Hebrews is saying, because you did not fear God, therefore you were disobedient and you didn't enter into his rest. Because when you're just doing what God tells you to do, it's so easy, right? I mean, you're just like, well, God said to go do this, so that's what I'm going to do. And, and I'm going to kind of let him be responsible for adding to it. I'm going to let him be responsible for multiplying it. I'm going to let him be responsible for the result. Right? Bam. Bam. Where's Sasha? Where's my cheerleader? Thank you. That's a word. Yeah, we love our Sasha. All right, so here are the five signs of trembling at his words, okay? Five signs of trembling at the word of God. And, uh, uh, number one, we obey him instantly. Number two, we obey him when it doesn't make sense. Number three, we obey him even when it hurts. Number four, we obey him when we don't see the benefit. And number five, we obey him to completion. Remember last week I was talking about Abraham. So Abraham takes his son Isaac and he takes him up the mountain. And, and, um, and he's going to sacrifice him. He's being obedient to the Lord. His obedience was instant. Remember, he got up that morning and he immediately, at first light, takes his beloved son and begins to go up the mountain. He didn't wait. He didn't pontificate. You know? He didn't say, I think I'm going to ask a bunch of people if this is the Lord. No, he said, yes, sir. You told me to jump, I'm going to jump. Even though it hurt. Even though he didn't understand. Right? And it says in the word that as he began, as he was coming down with the knife, the angel of the Lord broke in over him. 
and said, stop, do not harm that boy. Now God knows that you fear him. And I don't know about you, but I just want God to say that about my life. I want him to say, okay, I know, I know you're mine. I, I know you're mine. I know that there's an absolute, without a doubt, that you belong to me. Because I know you can fear me. And I want other people to say that about my life. That she belongs to God. I want them to say that about your life. They belong to God. I know they belong to God. I know they have the fear of the Lord on them. Here's another blessing. Prosperity and revelation. Psalm 25 verse 12 through 14 says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he shall show them his covenant. So, number one, fear the Lord. You will be taught by God. Number two, you will dwell in prosperity. Number three, your children shall inherit the earth. And it's like, hey, what did you get as an inheritance from your family? Did you get a million dollars? I got the earth. Sweet. <laughs> number four, the secrets of the Lord. And number five, he will show you his covenant. The fear of the Lord. Let's talk about what happened at the cross. All right, so Jesus is at the cross. He's got one th a thief on his left, and he's got one thief on his right. All right, turn in your Bibles to Luke 23, 39. I'll, I'll go ahead and read this. I don't have it written down here. Um, Luke 23, 39. Um, all right, so Jesus is, is there. Um, 39, and it, and it says this, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him. So he is he's mocking Jesus, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Sounds like what the Pharisees used to say to him, right? If you are the Christ, then do this. It sounds like, it sounds like what Satan said. If you are the Son of God, then turn this stone into bread. And so there's a thief, and he's mocking uh, Jesus, and he's saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other thief, answering, rebuked that thief and said, do you not fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, or we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me, when you come into your kingdom, and Jesus said to him, As surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So here's the scenario. You have one that did not fear God. Therefore, he didn't know who was hanging on the cross next to him. He did not have the knowledge and the awareness of who this man was. He was mocking God instead of understanding the revelation of who this guy is so so that he is the son of god so the thief that had the fear he understood who he was but more than that he understood who he was in association to who he to who christ was and he said to him i deserve this 
But you don't. Because you are the spotless lamb. You are innocent. So he has, because he had a fear of God, he had the revelation of who God was. And he said, and he, and he begins to speak and he said, I am, I am under you. I am beneath you. I have rightly aligned myself to the majesty and the authority of who you are. And then he goes on and he talks about, as a thief, he said, now, take me into your kingdom. So he has a revelation of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said that today, because you had the fear of the Lord, you will be with me in paradise. Come on, man. That is like the gospel message in two paragraphs. Because really, who you say God is will determine how you live your life. Amen. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, you will not understand the truth of who God is. That he's, he is altogether not like us. He's not like us. He doesn't love like us. He doesn't think like us. You look at the fruit of the Spirit and you get a, just a glimmer of what He's like. He's patient. He's kind. He's long-suffering. He's holy. He's righteous. He's good. There is no other that is good other than God. And the only reason that we are good is because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, um, I want to talk about balancing the nature of God. There's a balance that comes. The goodness of God has to be balanced with the severity of God. Now listen, I'll tell you something. If, you are, if you're part of our family, you know that I camp out in the goodness of God. You know we, are, we always preach joy. We always preach love. That's where I live because the love of God draws me closer in intimacy with Him in prayer. But, but preaching on the love of God and the goodness of God and forsaking the severity of God and the judgment of God is preaching a gospel that is in error. Because God is not all cuddles. He's not. He is great and He is fearful. Think about what happened when Jesus ascended to the throne, to the right hand of the Father, and, and John the Beloved sees him. This is John the Beloved that was, that was laying on his chest, you know, only, you know, a, a month before. And, and, and now he sees him, or no, it was actually a long time before, but anyway. So, so he sees him now in, in his transformed state. And what does he do? He falls to the ground like a dead man. Because of the awesomeness of how Jesus in his radiant glory was presenting himself. Now, I've, listen, I've been, I've had an encounter where I was taken to heaven. And I'll tell you what, uh, Jesus is, is fearful. His face was like the sun. His voice is like the voice of many waters. It sounds like thunder and it shakes buildings. So Paul said this to Timothy, his son in the Lord, and he gave him a prophecy about the church that we live in today. See if you recognize any of this. 
2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. He's talking about the church. He's not talking about the world. And then he goes on to say this. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Okay, baby Jesus in a major. You still love me? The power that Paul is speaking about is wow. the grace of God. Yeah. And he's giving the, the last day's church a warning. And he said, listen. Don't pervert the grace of God that teaches goodness and neglects the fear of God. God is good. There's, there's no one like him. God is good. That is an absolute truth. And that should lead us closer to God. But let's not despise the fear of God. Right. And realize that this is, a, this is a God that's not like you and it's not like me. I can boldly approach him because of what Jesus did at the cross. But I have to be rightly aligned and realize that he's God and I'm not. Right? Paul tells us to balance this. He says that, that we need to balance the goodness and the severity of God in Romans. And in Psalms 2, um, it, 11, it says, Serve the Lord with reverential fear and rejoice with trembling. Okay, so fear and rejoice. Hmm, that's interesting. And in Acts 9.31 Luke is talking about the first church, right? And he's telling us that they walked in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. These two seem uh, diametrically opposed to one another, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, we know that this reality actually is what we need to balance our, our walk. Because the first church were seeing so much victory, they were actually called the way, remember? They were called the way. The reason they were called the way is because their way looks so different than the way of the culture. And people were like, they just do things that are different. When the doctrine of the love of God is not balanced with an understanding of the fear of God, error is the result. And likewise, when the fear of God is not balanced with the love of God, you get the same result. So Paul said this about grace. Grace enables us and empowers us to live holy lives in obedience to God. So he says this in Hebrews, not Paul, I'm sorry, it's the writer of Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably, acceptably, why can't I say that word? Acceptably with reverence and godly fear. With reverence and godly fear. Uh, I remember a vision that Bob Jones had um, years ago, um, back in the 80s, and he was, um, he, an angel came to him 
and said, um, you know, we're on assignment, you have to come with us. And, you know, when that happens, you, you really do, when, when an angel appears, you kind of go, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and um, so the two angels took them to, took him to hell. And in hell, there was a, there was a scene that was there, and, and they had all of these high-level demons that were protecting a banner. And, um, and, and the angel said, we want you to go get that banner. And, and Bob was like, are you sure about that? And they, they said, yeah, we will protect you. Don't worry about it. But we want you to go get that banner because it belongs to this generation. And on the banner read the word holiness. Wow. Isn't that incredible? And it really is true, and you know it's true. I know it's true. So this is how to have the fear of the Lord. All right, I can do this in, in just a few minutes, okay? So in Psalm 34, I want you to turn to Psalm 34, 11 through um, 14, because I want you to see this while I read it. Isn't it good to read the Bible? Yes. If, if, you did, if you didn't bring yours, you can um, look it up. You can Google. You can Google Psalm 34, 11. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and, and, um, and pursue it. So this is what he says. Fear, uh, the fear of the Lord actually has to be taught. That means that you can, you can learn the fear of the Lord. And, and like I said, if you grew up with a, a father that was a strong authoritarian figure in your life, you understand it. It's easier for you to receive the teaching of the fear of the Lord. And so it really is a blessing, you know, without the whole fear of man thing. Um, the second, uh, you have to keep your tongue from evil. Isn't that interesting? Keep your tongue from evil in the way that we use our speech. And, and, and really, uh, this whole idea of, of crass talking and, 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 and um, coarse jesting is honestly, I mean, it's just, it, it's offensive to the Holy Spirit. And remember, Jesus said this, look, don't worry about offending me, but don't offend that guy. Because I'm about to leave, but he's going to be here. Don't offend him, because in the days to come, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a great and mighty harvest, because the Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out without measure, and you don't want to be Ananias and Sapphira, you know? You don't want to be like, well, it kind of sort of was Pinocchio land, right? Kind of sort of almost never had that kind of... No. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, there won't be any lying. You don't want to be that guy, right? Depart from evil and do good and seek peace. All right, Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5. Woo! In the spirit of Sasha. All right, um, Proverbs 2, verse 1. My son, if, say if. if, you know if there's an if, then there's a then. All right. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then 
you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So he says this, um, if you receive, if you receive my words, meaning the, the commandments of God, with respect and treasure these things, meaning you store them up in your heart and you hold on to them like treasures. Guys, I can't tell you how many times I want to quit the house of prayer. Anne-Marie can tell you. She's not in here, but she can tell you. It's so hard sometimes to be obedient to the Lord when you don't see the fullness of the promise. It's hard. But the thing is, is that he didn't say stop when it gets hard. He says keep going until I tell you to stop, which I doubt he's going to do until he returns, honestly. Yeah. So there's a lot of things in your life that you're being obedient to, but you can't get 50% there and then hit the pause button. Right. Right? Come so on. you just got to keep going and receiving the word of the Lord and keeping the promises of God in front of you. The second, incline your ear. Have you ever seen somebody incline their ear? It actually is scientifically proven that in order to incline your ear, you actually have to turn your head and bow your head. All right? So you come in a position of bowing and listening to God, submitting yourself to God. The third, cry out for discernment and lifting up your voice. Well, that's just prayer. God, give me a revelation of who you are. I want to understand your ways. And then seek for her, searching the word. Search out the word for the fear of the Lord. Search out the word for wisdom. Read, read Proverbs, man. Proverbs is so awesome. So it's really easy to take God for granted in the world that we live in because we live in a really busy world, don't we? And, when, and you know when you are, are doing that because you actually begin to get weak in your spirit. You know when you're eating of the earth and you're not eating of the hand of God. 